Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There is a story for everyone here. Because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Hello, my friends. Hope you're all doing well and keeping safe out there. We are already into the second week of 2023, which is honestly astounding. The the year is already going so fast, as I'm sure you guys feel like every single year kind of does. Today, my friends, I have the pleasure and the honor of introducing you to a amazing, and I'm an amazing human being. Her name is Mari Llewellyn. Now, for those of you that don't know who she is, she's a very popular fitness guru, a successful entrepreneur, and avid mental health advocate. Specifically, she's the founder of the viral health sensation Bloom Nutrition, as well as the founder and curator of the popular online fitness app, the Slay app. Many of you would probably know who I am talking about. Many of you probably uh, already follow her on social media. And to be honest with you, I think this is a deep, real and personal conversation. We touch on areas such as uh, the, the toxic nature of trying to build your platform, trying to build a, an audience and that's all you're focusing on and, and how it saps your happiness. Um, and we also talk about BPD, what that is, how it's affected Mari in the course of her life and what she thinks about BPD today and does she still live with BPD, a borderline personality disorder, if you didn't know what that was. Um, but Mari has an astonishing life journey, as you will hear more about during this conversation. And she has a brilliant brand new podcast out dropping actually today, the same day as I'm releasing her episode, January 9th. It is called Pursuit of Wellness, which you can go and listen to anywhere you find your podcast. I'll make it easy for you guys and, and link it in the show notes below. But I really hope that you guys enjoy my conversation with Mari. It's one of my favorite. Uh, and I, I personally feel like I can just sit down and just have a good old chin wag with Mari whenever I want because she's that sort of person. Very kind, very personable 
And I think you guys are really going to enjoy her and her story. So my friends, with that all being said, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into the story box for the second week of 2023 as we listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice, and the stories of none other than Mari Llewellyn. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, guys. I'm excited to chat. I'm very excited to chat with you. Now, I was just saying a moment ago that uh, you have to forgive me. Uh, and I'll, I'll say it for my audience right now because my voice sounds a little bit not what it used to be. Uh, it's still recovering. Uh, so I'll do my best not to die for you and my audience on, on this episode. <laughs> uh, but my very first question for you, Mary, is what does success look like for you? Oh, like currently or in general? Currently, in general, wherever you want to take it, personally, professionally, do they intersect? Interesting question. I think I have a unique view on this because I have seen both ends of the spectrum. I've been someone who felt like I was never really destined to be successful, if that makes sense. Um that topic wasn't heavily discussed in my household growing up. And I always struggled in school. And I always felt like I was kind of okay with doing the bare minimum to get by and going through my fitness journey and kind of discovering this work ethic that I have and this like discipline that I unlocked. I quite quickly our businesses grew bigger than we could have ever expected. And now I'm on the end of the spectrum where we have gotten pretty successful in a short period of time. And when you first get successful at a young age, you don't really know what to do. It's kind of like, okay, well, now I have financial freedom that I've never had before. And now I have a lot of responsibilities and you kind of look around other successful people and what they're doing. And you're like, okay, I'll try that. I'll try the fancy trip. I'll try the nice car. And it doesn't feel like you think it's going to feel. And it doesn't give you that sense of like, at least for me, the feeling of satisfaction that you expect. So I'm kind of on the journey of figuring out what exactly I want out of all of this. But I think for me, success has been finding inner peace. Being okay with being alone was a big thing for me. Um, finding happiness in what I do every day, focusing on the things I actually want to do instead of the things I think I should want to do. Um, I'm just kind of figuring it out as I go. But yeah, I think I think I'm finding the most happiness out of connection in my life and meeting people and having deep conversations like this. You mentioned that you sort of found discipline, I guess, through fitness. And that kind of makes me think, were you disciplined as a kid or was it more when you found fitness that you became more and more disciplined? It was um, kind of a running joke in my family that I was someone that would just move from project to project. I never really finished anything. Yeah, I like kind of had, yeah, you know, the feeling like I didn't have any discipline, really. I wasn't a very good student. Um, I didn't really ever commit myself to something. My life kind of needed to hit a rock bottom point for me to actually take action. 
And I've always just been so grateful that I hit that point because I don't think I'd be here right now if that hadn't happened. And yeah, I really did unlock this side of myself that I'd never seen because I was showing up for myself every day and keeping my own promises every day. And everything that I learned on that fitness journey, I have applied to the rest of my life. I I really don't know where I would be right now if it weren't for that. So yeah, definitely wasn't disciplined as a kid. And you also mentioned in that uh, answer before about how success or being successful wasn't really talked too much within your home and very similar in, in my inst- in my case as well. I was curious, like what was the car- the environment like for you growing up? So I'm curious what you think about this with Australian culture, but I've lived in the UK and America and British culture is so different to American culture. There's kind of this like mentality of staying in your own lane in the UK. You don't ever want to be too, yeah. You don't want to be too loud. You don't want to show off too much. If you have a talent, being famous or well-known or successful in business is kind of tacky in a way. So having this entrepreneurial journey I've had has been very unique in my family. And especially with the social media aspect, I think possibly viewed as arrogant in the, in British culture. And I've struggled with this internally a lot. Um, but in my household, it was kind of celebrated to my dad works for the United Nations. My mom's a teacher. So both, I mean, they're both great at their jobs, but things that are a bit more like, I don't know how to put it. Like, I feel like what I do is serving other people but in their eyes, being a teacher and being a civil servant or whatever it may be, like that's a bit more humble and down to earth. And like, that's something that they can understand. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Don't have too many eyeballs on you because that yeah. kind of elevates the ego even mm-hmm. more. But yeah. I guess some people, they get famous on social media per se, and that helps build their brand, but they can be the nicest and the most humble person you'll ever meet most of the time yeah. is, depending on who you're speaking with and who you're seeing yeah <laughs> and also like when you see social media is, is all about most about self anyway like you're, you're putting yourself out there for all to see and and more people seem to just gravitate to the people that they like right so i think it's like this especially in this culture, you've got to be very careful on, okay, well, I've got to balance everything out. I've got to balance between my own humble approach here, how I see the world and versus how other people may see me. So I don't envy you being famous at all <laughs> in, in that respect. <laughs> it, I think it'd be- I don't know. If, I don't talent. think of myself, I don't think of myself as famous by any means, but I think my family and a lot of people outside my world would assume that I have a lot of people around me all the time, but I actually don't. I'm alone quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. More more, more people on social media that follow. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really, I think people in, how old are you? I'm 26. Okay. People in our generation really value that following. And when you meet someone with a lot of followers, it's kind of, it changes the way you view someone. But I was actually just talking to my friend recently and I was saying like, 
I don't think it has changed who I am at all. If anything, it kind of highlights insecurities that you have and it it makes you feel more isolated. It's very interesting the way people view followings nowadays. Let me ask you this question then. So if you were you were to wake up tomorrow and you had zero followers on social media, what would you re- what would your reaction be? You think? Um, it's a good question, and it's something I actually. So I, I do a lot of therapy. I have over the years because I've had a lot of mental health struggles, and like I was saying before, when I'm trying to figure out what success looks like for me. We, I talk with my therapist about relying too much on the feedback that I get because it's really unnatural to be seeing one, all this feedback from all these people all the time, whether it's negative or positive, like getting compliments all day is not normal. And with the shift of social media, I'm definitely one of the older people on the app now. Like in the fitness industry, there's all these like young bucks coming out. They're like 18. They're doing the TikToks and they post their whole life. Like they are posting from when they wake up to when they fall asleep. And it's, I have a company now. I have a podcast now. It's not something I can keep up with. And I've kind of had to come to terms with the fact that my engagement is not going to be what it used to be. And people may not care as much anymore about my day in a life or whatever I'm doing. Um, And I think I've become more and more okay with it all going away and finding things that I think have more value and more life to them, like podcasting, has helped me kind of shift that uh, value, if that makes sense. I love that answer mainly because like for me, I, I never wanted to be, you know, and I still don't want this to be quote famous or have millions and millions and millions of people following me or or whatever it is, I sort of want to keep my own sort of grounding and sense of uh, away from the limelight, so to speak, and just have these proper and valuable conversations with people like yourself. Obviously, there's there's the numbers that do come as a result of that, which is totally fine. But I think separating it and just focusing on who is this person really? Like, what is their story? And I love it. Like I can't, I would much rather prefer this than doing anything on, on social media, so to speak, because I, I honestly, I can't keep up with social media. Um, Neither can I. <laughs> it's just, it, it's so, it's changing so much and I don't want to be quite attached to this high infectious dopamine rush that you get for a split second. And then you're like, okay, well, what's, what's next? What's next? Come on, come on, let's go. Because I remember before I started the show, I'm like, I, I want to get famous with with the numbers on social media, mainly because I wanted to have more high profile guests on the show. <laughs> so that was like my whole attitude towards it. Now I'm just like, no, nah, I, I choose peace. Yeah. And that is a, and it's a harder choice nowadays because i think so many people chase those numbers but it it has it means less and less over the years at the beginning back in 2017 when i started my page you could grow organically and having a big following meant something back then it meant like 
for me, my fitness journey, I was getting recognized for something that I had done. But now it's so saturated. There's so much content. Everyone has millions of followers. It feels like it doesn't really mean anything anymore. And I think it lost its meaning for me a little bit. I definitely use social media as a tool for my businesses. And it's been incredible for that. And I have an awesome community on there, which is amazing. And I get to see their stories every day, but I feel so much more connected to the podcast world. I think it's so much more real and genuine. Um, and I'm really happy about that shift that I've made recently. I want to get to more of your podcasting journey in just a moment because I feel like we can relate on several levels to that. Uh, but I wanted to ask you and go a little bit deeper about your, you spoke about your mental health journey. Has that mm. been something that you've always struggled with or more recently in your life? Um, when I was a kid, I definitely felt like I was uh, sensitive, like more prone to getting having highs and lows, I would say. Um, and I had a pretty tumultuous household, like a lot of arguing amongst my parents, very emotionally tense household and things were not really spoken about. I never really learned how to deal with emotions in a healthy way. It was either screaming or nothing. So, um, I was diagnosed with ADD in I was 14 years old and I had a therapist who diagnosed me for that, which is interesting because I don't feel like I have ADD now, um, which is, you know, whatever. But over the years, I kind of kept seeing her because my parents ultimately got a divorce and it was a weird situation because it was just the four of us in the, in the U S the rest of my family was in the UK. So that split was like pretty jarring, even though it was inevitable. They were fighting so much. So I kept my therapist and then, you know, I was just going through a phase of my life where I felt really angry. I felt like I was realizing the gaps in my childhood and the gaps in my emotional growth. And I went to college feeling pretty rebellious and like, I want to get out of here. I'm ready to go live on my own. Going to college I always say it was like the best and worst time of my life. College meaning university, by yeah. the way. Because um, I found alcohol and partying and it was the perfect environment to make sure I was never alone. So I had all these painful thoughts and all of this like, all of this pain I wasn't dealing with. So going out and drinking and meeting people and surrounding myself with people, making sure I didn't miss any social event was how I avoided dealing with all of my issues for the next four years of my life. And it eventually got so bad that I was like blacking out regularly, self-harming regularly, um, suicidal thoughts, really out of control. So ultimately... I went to a psychiatrist who diagnosed me with borderline personality disorder, BPD, um, which gets confused a lot with bipolar. Yeah. But the way I describe it, it's actually been classified now as a trauma disorder. Like almost everyone with BPD has childhood trauma. So they're pretty connected. So it's almost like a trauma response disorder. But the way I describe it is 
it's like having third degree burns on your emotions. So you are triggered by someone looking at you strangely or, a, you know, someone saying something small. Um, and at the time, I, my whole life was dictated by this disorder. I was felt like I was getting thrown around by BPD. Um, self-harm is really common. Identity issues are really common. You, you don't really have a sense of who you are ever. So it was a really painful thing to deal with. And they put me on a cocktail of medication, like right away. Um, mood stabilizers, antidepressants, anti-anxiety all at once. And I was still drinking. So this was like a recipe for disaster. And um, that's when everything spiraled out of control for me. And that was like 2016, 2017. We we're talking about the stacked deck for me a moment ago. <laughs> and then that the, that was a stacked deck. <laughs> major, major stacked deck. I mean, I think yeah. I know someone who I love and, and life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quite close to me. Uh, told me she has BPD as well. And I remember the first time hearing she had BPD, I'm like, what, what is that? Firstly, and then my second thought is, okay, well, why were you diagnosed with that? Let's have a look at all the other elements that come with just this diagnosis. Because sometimes you can just have a diagnosis and not really understand the full picture as to why you've been given that diagnosis. Um, and it's just been this, this journey and then realizing that, yes, she was put on a whole cocktail of antidepressants, drugs, and all these other things that have not been kind to her. Let's just say that because it's messed up her hormones, something terrible. And yeah, it's not, it's not a fun situation to be in, but then I'm wondering how do I how do I ask this question for you? Like, how have you been able to manage? Like, are you currently off all the medications? Are you still on the medications? Do you feel like you still have BPD? Those sorts of things. Yeah, good questions. So, I don't take anything, and I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, not qualified to be saying this, but I don't take anything, and I haven't for years now, and I don't even know if I fully classify to have BPD anymore because you have to check off. I think it's like 12 symptoms in order to have it. And I really don't feel like it pops up in my everyday life anymore. I haven't self-harmed in I think over a year now, but that's not to say that it didn't take a lot of work. I think the same way, if you want to change your life, 
and change your fitness, you have to be intentional and you have to put in the work. So I did group therapy, individual therapy, uh, DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy, which is huge. Um, just learning tools to regulate your emotions. I think building my confidence through the fitness journey, just so many, there's been so many levels to my journey and, and, um, it's taken years, but I'm finally in a place where I feel like I'm not even sure that I have it anymore. I mean, it pops up, you know, I know interpersonal relationships are really tough with BPD and, um, I'm, I'm a unique person. So with my husband, Greg, he knows when I'm triggered and he knows when we need to take extra time to discuss something. So there's definitely things I still do to manage, but, um, yeah, no, I'm feeling it's been amazing actually to talk about because I think a lot of people who get the diagnosis think that they're doomed because if you look it up on Google, it's awful. Like there's so many, it's so stigmatized. People talk so badly about people with BPD. Even therapists are scared to treat people with BPD, I think, because it's such a volatile disorder. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you can be successful with BPD and live a happy life with BPD. And I, if anyone's listening that has that diagnosis, I just want to say you you can make it through and live a happy life. You mentioned that your husband, you, he knows when you're triggered and you can have better conversations surrounding that. Was he always like that or did he have to sort of be more understanding and more learning? Because I'm trying to learn all this myself, to be honest. Yeah, no, he did not understand it at all. Um, he was he would trigger me a lot back in the day um, because I used to be so, I mean, just to be transparent, like he would look at me funny and I would smash a window. Like that was how dramatic it was back in the day. And the self-harming was really scary for him. And he truly didn't know what to do. He uh, is a very business-oriented guy and emotions don't come to him easily. Like he doesn't talk about feelings that much. <laughs> so over the years, we've almost like learned to balance each other out. Like I've learned how to speak his language. He's learned how to speak my language and props to him. He's, he's spent, he's put in a lot of effort to try and help me with this disorder. And he's read a lot of books and sat with me during my DBT lessons and all of those things and brings me ice when I'm panicking. Um, so yeah, he's definitely improved a ton over the years. Why didn't you, when you were getting triggered and what, why didn't you sort of give up and, and leave him? Cause you know, that that's always a possibility when someone doesn't fully understand you've mm. sort of got different uh, personalities, I guess you got different emotions. I mean, I can relate to to Greg in this instance because yes, I, I am an emotional person, but it, it takes me a little bit of time to yeah. understand the female emotional side of things, especially when it comes to BPD. So I'm yeah. wondering if I can have a little bit of help or advice from my own personal selfish reasons <laughs> in this instance. I think just continue to show up because I think a lot of the times with BPD, the person with BPD will say, go away, go away, go away. But what they really want is for you to stay and like hold their hand through it. It's like, have you heard of like attachment styles? Yeah. 
I have. How? Okay. So people with BPD have anxious or not anxious, um, confused or disorganized attachment styles. So instead of being anxious or what's the other one? Detached. There's another one. Or like secure. Yeah. It's both. It's like come here, but also go away. And it's very confusing for the person with BPD, but also confusing for the person that they're talking to. But I think knowing that people with BPD are just coming from a place of pain and they just feel so alone in that pain, not, not running away from them and not making it feel like you're afraid or like it's too much. I think just giving them that love. Um, and Greg, you know, we've had ups and downs. And when we were in college back in the day, we've been together for like eight years. So it's been a long time. Um, but I, we did break up for a while when I hit that rock bottom period because I couldn't even take care of myself. It was really, really bad. But, um, he always stuck by me. If, even if he didn't say the right thing exactly, I knew he was there for me, if that makes sense. What was it about him that made you want to be with him or made him want to be with you too? Um, he is like, the most passionate person I've ever met in my life. So obviously we did not have a business when we first met, but we would go on vacation together or hiking together. And I've never met someone with so much excitement for things, like whether it was food or something we saw, like bringing him to the UK is so much fun. He just appreciates everything. It's like, look at that brick. Oh my God. It's like ancient. Like he just loves everything. Right. And now he's channeled that passion into our business. And I watch him like, he's just such a passionate guy and he makes me laugh so much. We're very different, but we kind of complement each other. Um, I don't know why he stayed with me. I mean, I hope it's because he likes me, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. Have you ever asked him? Actually today I asked him on my podcast, what did he say? He, he said that he thinks my anxiety is actually my superpower because um, it keeps me, I'm just hypervigilant about everything. So I'm always, it, it pushes me to work really hard. I have a great work ethic, but also with our relationship, I never want it to slip. And I'm always super aware of when I feel like we need to put extra time into the relationship because both of us can get a bit absorbed in the business. And I'll catch us and be like, hey, we need to, you know, we need to do something for our relationship here. And I I care deeply for people that are in my life. Because you both run the business together, right? You both run Bloom Nutrition together. Mm -hmm. How do you sort of navigate between running a business together versus being married and having the relationship? Do you find that a tricky uh, kettle of fish to navigate? <laughs> Is that a phrase? That's a phrase here in Australia, believe it or not. A kettle of fish. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, that's an understatement. It's tricky. Um, we founded Bloom in January of 2019. And ever since then, it's been interesting. We spent the first couple years, like just me and him, locked in the house working. So we did absolutely everything from customer service to labels 
to marketing, to the Instagram, like we were doing all of it. And that was a lot, but we were like doing it together. And it was a very like, it bonded us. I think those years of like building something. Now we have a team of, I don't know, 40 people working on Bloom and we have found our skill sets within the company. So Greg is the leader of the Bloom team. Like he's very much the CEO, manages the whole team, leads them in the right direction. I'm very focused on like marketing and the numbers. I am obsessed with branding. I love packaging. I love the website. I love social media. And obviously I promote our products and kind of like act like the face of the brand um, because it was founded from my own journey. So I'm super creative. He's super numbers oriented and it just kind of works nicely. You got a, a dream team, dream duo there. Dream team. We drive each other crazy sometimes, but it's working out. <laughs> what are some of the challenges that you both face within the business kind of setting? Sorry. I would say Greg is so passionate that sometimes like I'm, I'm British. So I'm very polite <laughs> when it comes to business. Let's just say Greg is not. <laughs> <laughs> I read very some direct. of these emails. Oh, more than direct. And he's also Italian. He's an Italian New Yorker. So this oh, guy is like, wow. yeah, you, he'll get on a meeting and just destroy everyone on the meeting. And I'm like, nice to meet you. Sorry. <laughs> so that's an interesting dynamic. Um, like sometimes we'll disagree on things. He's super aggressive and I'm like, I get nervous about decisions, but at the same time, we're both kind of risk takers. I think when you've like hit rock bottom and been at a really bad place in your life, it's kind of like, well, what do I have to lose? You know, I've been there before we can get back out. So yeah. It's like when you hit rock bottom, there's only one way to go and that's yeah, usually up or you can go further down, whichever one you want to mm -hmm. choose or stay mm -hmm. in the, the rock bottom moment. So I think what you guys have been able to to achieve is quite inspirational uh, for a lot of Thank people, you. especially it's only recent, like 2019, it's a few years ago. And then you had to go through the whole COVID debacle as well. And then yeah. now you're, the business has sort of taken off. You've got 40 people to look after as well as yourselves. So, I mean, you're now unstoppable. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Know. Thank you. So... <laughs> Now you've got this podcast that you've been sort of touching on. Uh, how much are we able to reveal? Is is uh, is it sort of like top secret or how much of I it mean, are we able to dive this, into? This episode will come out in January, right? So I can just That's say right. it. Yep. Go, go for I mean, whatever you want to say. Okay. Yeah. I have a podcast. It's with the Dear Media Network, if you've ever heard of them, ran by Lauren and Michael Bostick. And it's called The Pursuit of Wellness. Essentially, I, like we were talking about before, I felt like with social media, I hit a wall and I was like, I feel like I have so much more to say and so much more to share than posting a couple recipes every now and again. So it was always my dream to do a podcast. I love talking. I love connecting with people. And 
yeah, I've been working on it kind of silently, which is hard for me. I like always leak everything I'm doing, (laughs) working on it silently for the past few months. And it has been so much fun. I have so much respect for podcast hosts now because it is Uh challenging. Like it's, you have to prep a ton. You have to be leading the conversation and listening, but giving insight at the same time. It's been a big challenge for me, but I'm obsessed with it. And I've gotten to speak to some amazing people and yeah, it's live now called the pursuit of wellness. And I'm like really excited about it. The pursuit of wellness. I love that title. And also when you you are podcasting as the host, you are at your most vulnerable. I mean, it's easy to be the guest because you're just waiting on the host to ask you a question, but then as the host, you got a sort of, you're at a different level of heightened awareness of vulnerability and if you stuff up, it's on you because you're the host. <laughs> yeah. That's, stuffed up. <laughs> now I feel so much more relaxed as a guest. Now I'm like, oh, this is a breeze compared to the hosting. The hosting's a challenge. Yep. I remember when I was releasing my first book and going on podcasts versus they're like, oh, Jay, you're, you're super, you're experienced now. Like, what, what's it like being on the other side? I'm like, this is so easy. It's a lot easier than actually asking the damn questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Funny. It is. But um, now, congratulations on that. It's coming out, I believe, around, around January, which is when this episode's going live. How many episodes do you have in the bag currently? Almost 20. Whoa, you've been busy. I've been batching. Well I've done. I've been batching. I, well, because you know what? I feel like if you take a week off, you get rusty. Yeah. So I was like, why don't I just keep going? So I do like one or two a week and now it's kind of, you know, gotten up there. I'm starting to go through them and listen and I've definitely gotten better as I've gone, you know? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Momentum building. I think that that is the the best thing. So Mary, I've got two quick final questions for you. That's all right with you. Really enjoy this conversation. What do you love the most about yourself and your story? Oh my God. Great question. What do I love most about myself and my story? Yep. That's it. Okay. What I love most about myself is my willingness to pivot. If I I'm okay with changing my mind and I'm okay with making a change quickly. I don't like dawdle. (laughs) I just go for it. If that makes sense. Uh, The thing I love most about my story is that I am vulnerable and I think that it helps other women connect. And I think that it makes other people, I think especially with the BPD aspect, so many people with BPD are hopeless. And I hope that my story can show them that there is as I said, a light at the end of the tunnel and you can work through it. Cause I've been in like the darkest place I could imagine. And I never thought I'd be here. So hard work pays off and it it gets you somewhere. Well, thank you for sharing the BPD journey and your vulnerability. Cause I, I do know someone who I think would appreciate this enormously. So I'm going to send it to her uh, when it comes out. So yeah, thank you for that. My, my final question for you, this is my all time favorite question. I love asking it to all my guests at the very end. It is a hypothetical one. But I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. 
all your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. But they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Oh my God. This is a big question. I hope that it shows that I had some kind of an impact, a positive impact, and that I made genuine connections with people and ultimately like made a change. And I think the thing I'm most passionate about is mental health and personal development and showing people that you can come from absolutely anywhere at any point in your life and improve it. Did I answer the whole part? What was the second part? Oh, you did. Yeah. You think so? I think so. Yeah. Okay. And I hope I have a ranch. You're basically showing people what you want to have happen, like from your life. Yeah. You answered it well. Thank you. And I hope I have a bunch of horses as well. Uh, yes, this person I'm going to send this episode to is going to absolutely love you. <laughs> <laughs> Does she like horses? She loves horses. Yeah. Okay. This sounds like me. Who is this? I need to meet this girl because we sound like the same person. <laughs> she sounds great. She is I great. Think a, a lot of people with BPD actually love animals. So it makes sense. She uses uh, equine therapy to help oh, out. So me too pristine but um anyway mary thank you so much for your time today your wisdom your advice and for joining me on the Storybox podcast thank you so much for having me Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.